a seat somewhere. Happy birthday to me. What? Uh, so glad you're here today. Honored to have you with us. All of our guests, thank you for coming. My name is John Ragsdale, and I'm the pastor here at the Hills. I've met several of our first-time guests. Thank you for being here today. Uh, and thank you all for all the nice birthday wishes. I, uh, today is my seventh seven, so can you, if y'all, some of you can't do math, so I'm 49, all right? 49, seventh seven. Remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about the power of numbers. Remember that? We're talking about in the Bible. And seven, come on, God's number. Come on, perfect. It's going to be a perfect year, all right? I will have abs by in the morning, I believe. I'm believing for a six-pack in the morning. How many would just press in and pray with me for that right now? No? You won't? Okay, all right. We're glad you're here. I'm honored to have uh, my dad here this morning uh, who played a part in me being here. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. Uh, my mom's not feeling well. I always wish my mom happy birthday because she's the one that did the birth, you know, since her. Uh, so I honor them today. Also glad to have one of our overseers today, Mr. Sam Chapel, right here on the front row. Would you welcome Sam Chapel? We love you, Sam. Sam will be joining us in a moment uh, after I speak for a little bit. I want to share something with you. And then we're going to be doing an ordination today. Uh, we're ordaining, I believe, 11 different individuals uh, into the ministry here at the Hills where they're stepping into a new level of ministry, a new level of authority and responsibility. And you're here for the very first, the inaugural ordination service. Look at your neighbor and say, you are special. You got invited today to that. Some of you didn't even look at your neighbor. You don't like them? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're special. You got invited to this today. <laughs> it's going to be great. You'll be hearing from our, our other overseers today. They've sent messages, and it's just going to be a wonderful day. Uh, we have been, for several weeks, talking uh, about God opening doors in our life. How many have seen God open doors in your life the past several weeks? We're believing for even more. We believe that we're in a season of open doors and so we've been talking about the key and what it takes to get those doors to open up. And I want to speak for a few moments today. Let's, let's go back to a couple of, a couple of verses, uh, passages that we've been resting on for the past several weeks. They'll be on the screens. Isaiah 22 and 22 says, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can can open. How many looking for those kind of doors? Have you ever opened a door and found out a few weeks later that it was shut? Anybody ever shut a door and found out that it opened up and some imps got in somehow? You don't know how that happened, right? The wind or whatever. Well, that doesn't happen when Jesus shuts a door, opens a door. It stays that way. And then John 10, 9 has been the other pillar that we've been resting on for the past several weeks. Jesus said this, I am the door. In other words, he doesn't just have a key to the door. He is the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I want you to say this with me. Repeat after me. The door leads to more. I want you to get that. The door leads to more. I want to have a, you have a clear understanding. Jesus Christ, his main mission was not just to get us out of hell and into heaven. 
Jesus Christ did not come just for salvation. He came to give us abundant life. Many believers, and I know a lot of unbelievers and believers that see Jesus as just the way to heaven. And that is it. But he's more than just the way to heaven. He is the way to abundant life right chair right now. So if you're the kind of person that's waiting until you walk on the streets of gold to feel like that's when it's all going to click, you're missing out on a lot that God has for you. He has more for you. Now I want you to look at that neighbor that you didn't look at a while ago, your second choice, and tell them he has more for you. And then I'm say, tell them, say, I'm sorry I picked you second. Last week, we started talking about the door that leads to more. And we, we, this is one of the phrases that we landed on last week, and I want to I revisit it today. The door leads to more than you need. The door leads to more than you need. He said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. More life. Not just enough life. He is God of more than enough. He is not just a God of provision. He's also the God of promise. So don't just be satisfied with manna when God has promised you milk and honey. Because if you are, then you'll just be a wilderness wanderer and you'll never end up where God has really promised you to be. I'm looking at people that have excuse me, incredible destiny on their life. I'm looking at people that God has said to you, I know the plans that I have for you. I'm preparing a way for you. But if all you think that you are supposed to get is just your daily bread, you're never going to step into everything that God has for you. So today of this series from last week, this week, and maybe even next week, our goal is to stretch our mind, to stretch our heart, to stretch our faith. I want every single person in this room to want more. And as we say, if you're the kind of person that says, well, I have everything I need, that means you're a selfish person because you're only thinking about you. God gives us more so that we can be more of a blessing. How many want to minister in your life? You want to minister to someone. You can only minister out of the overflow. You can't give what you ain't got. And if God gives you something for you, your daily bread, and that you consume that, you have nothing to give to anybody else. That's why God wants to pour more on us. More love, more joy, more grace, more glory, more gifts, more fruit. Are you getting the idea this morning? Come on, am I at the hills today? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I love that y'all whistled. That's great. Thank you. He gives us more because he knows that we need more. And I said this last week and someone said, say it again. So I'm going to say it again. For us to do what God wants us to do, we're going to need more of what he has. Now, if you just want to get through your life, then that's all right. But if you want to be impactful and change the world around you, and impact a generation and a nation and a neighborhood and a community. If you want to do that, then you are going, and I, we're going to need more of what God has for us in in order for us to do everything that God has called us to do. And to do that, we have to stay hungry. And that's not easy to do 
in a generation where everything is satisfied like that. Right? I want to, I want to, I want someone to congratulate me. I just post something. They like it like that. Oh, that felt good. I like that. I'm hungry. I just drive through something. I don't have to leave the house. I just order it. They show up at my house. Everything is it's instant gratification. I use the word satisf- satisfaction. That was a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. It's gratification. Because there's a difference in gratification and satisfaction. And God is not here just to gratis- gratify us. He has come to satisfy us. Somebody write that down. I'll use that in the next service. That was pretty good. It wasn't even in my notes. We have to stay hungry. I want you to hear what I'm saying. As your pastor today, and if I'm not your pastor, just, just play like I am. Just pretend that I am today. We've got to stay hungry. Revelations, Jesus is writing a letter to each of the churches, all seven churches. And we read this several weeks ago. But he, he, he talks to the church at Laodicea in Revelations 3.17. And I want you to look at the very first part of it. He says, you say, Laodicea, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. In other words, you ever been at a, you ever been at a nice restaurant and, or at someone's home and they bring out more food and you're like, I just can't. I really want to, but I just can't. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm full. And this is what Laodicea is saying. And most church... Uh, Most theologians believe that we are in the Laodicean church age. This is the age that, that Jesus was talking to. That you feel like you are rich, you're full, you have need of nothing. And it's this mindset that you get that you says, "Ah, man, I just don't know. I think I'm good. And I want to say this to you. We can allow our blessings to keep us from all that God has for us. We can allow all of the good to keep us from moving into what God has for us. And God has more. But it doesn't matter how much God has. Write this down. You cannot fill a full vessel. You can't put any more in it. Once it's full, that's it. And I'm looking at people today that are full of it. Can I hear an amen? Anybody besides me that's just full of it? And I'll let you figure out what it is. It doesn't have to be what you're thinking, I'm saying, okay? It can also be word from God. It can be great worship. It can be messages. It can be podcasts. It can be books. It can be all this stuff that we just fill up and fill up and fill up. And then there's the other things. Then there's the carnality that we fill our lives up with. Now, if you're filling your life up with all the good stuff and you're not letting any of it come out, more, I need more teaching. I need more, I need more attention. I need more ministry. I need, I need, I need more. I need more. If it, that's why you're wanting more, then you turn into a swamp. If nothing's flowing out of you. Right? And then on the other hand, I'm looking at people, I know some of you specifics today, and I won't call you out, because then you'd have to call out my specifics. So, but I know many of you that are filling yourself up with stuff that you don't need to be filling yourself up with. 
You're eating it. You're devouring it. You're putting it into your life and into your mind and into your heart. We all do it. We put things inside of us and we feel, oh, that I'm full. And it's like my mama used to say, you're eating that snicker bar and it's going to spoil your supper. I've made black-eyed peas and pork chops and turnip greens and iron skillet biscuits. And you're going to eat a snicker bar? Well, I've been slaving in the kitchen. How many of you have spoiled yourself because of the things you're eating on a daily basis so you're not even hungry for the things of God? We don't need Him because we feel gratified. But there is such a difference in being gratified and being satisfied because only He can satisfy. I'm praying. I prayed early this morning, had my candles lit, had my worship music going, sitting at my desk, and I pray, God, I want you to make us hungry for the things of you. I want you to make us hungry for you and hungry for your presence. Anybody with me? Is anybody hungry for more of him? Okay, how many of you don't feel like you're there yet, but you want to be hungry for more of him? That's just as good of a hand raise. Because if we seek after him and his presence, look at what Psalms 107 says. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I know you like Twinkies. Come on. I know you like chocolate covered anything. And that's good every once in a while. But I've got good things for you. They're good for you. They're going to they're gonna end up being something that's going to carry you on through the next several weeks and the next several days and on into your eternal reward. Matthew 5 and 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be Field. Listen to me. I want you to hear this very clearly. I want to make a clarion call today to you. Come on, sit up on the edge of your seat. Lean into me. Hear what I'm about to say. I want to admonish you. I want to encourage you. As the, as the Apostle Paul said, I want to beseech you. That means my chest in anguish. Rip my clothes. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Do whatever you need to do to want more of him. Whatever it is. Whoever you got to quit hanging out with, whatever you got to quit looking at, reading, listening to, whatever you got to do to have a desire for more of Him. Get hungry. And here's what we found out a hungry person has no manners. Right? They'll rip a roof off to get down to Jesus. They'll push through a crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. I don't need your full attention, Jesus. I just could touch a little bit of you. Come on, anybody with me today? That's what I'm talking about, that hunger, that desire for more of him, more of him. No manners, pushing through. What we got to do to get there? Also, a hungry person has very, the taste, it's like the, the, the taste goes way down, right? Instead of escargot and roost crisp filet mignon, all right? It's like, what do you have? Do you have have some turkey? Do you have some salami? What Do you have some potatoes? I will take what you have. I find that picky people are people that are not real hungry. 
I don't like that music. I don't like that he said that. I don't, it's a little warm in here. I don't like that. That's, that's, that's not hungry people, all right? Because I'm going to tell you, we as a church and as a leadership team, we do everything we can to make sure the table is set right. We try to make the temperatures right. We try to make sure the key, everybody's on key. We try to make sure the chairs are lined up, that coffee is good. Come on, is the coffee good? Can I hear it? Amen. Good coffee, that it smells good, which is not always easy to do in this building, but we do it as much as we can. Just, just spray. We have a whole ministry team just walks around spraying stuff. Just, right? We try our best, but at some point, it's not going to be good enough for you if you're not hungry. And he prepares a table for me in the wilderness. What? <laughs> Who wants to? Can you take me to the palace? No, I'm going to prepare you a table in the wilderness. And why? What would make someone want to eat in the wilderness? Hungry people. Come on, let's pray for more of a hunger. I'm 49 today, and at age 33, God called me to come after more of him. I'll never forget the day where I was. I could take you to the room. I could take you to the seat. When I heard the Holy Spirit say, come see me. That's all he said to me. Come see me. And I went after God with everything that I had. Everything I had. I don't recommend this, and I don't say it in any bragging, but I went on a 40-day fast, and I'm not saying you need to do that, but I needed to do that. It was what God had called me to. It was a, it was a prophet's fast is what I had been called to, and I did, and I can tell you that on the 30th day of that fast, God dropped things into me that to this day I still speak and I still believe and they're carrying me 19, well not 19, well it's 16 years later that I'm still walking in those things. But it all started with me saying, I'm hungry for more. I just want more. I want to encourage you this morning, go after more. Maybe you don't think you deserve Him. You don't. But His blood has called you worthy. You'll never do enough to be worthy, but his blood has made you worthy. So if you feel like you're far from God because you don't do enough, you will never, ever do enough. So go after him. He has more for you, more freedom, more for you. Or maybe today you feel like that you've reached the apex of what you can get out of God. Oh, sweetheart. You don't even know. Remember what he said, Laodicea? Bring that scripture back up for me in Revelation. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. He said, what you don't realize is that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I got it. I've experienced so much with God. Well, that's awesome. He is God. Do you really think you've scratched the surface of who he is and what he has for you? Come on. This is what blows my mind. He's God. And he makes himself available to us. What? Come on, you can hardly even talk to your boss. Right? You don't get a sit down with a governor. You didn't just happen. That's a big deal. And yet God, the omnipotent, omniscient, ever all-powerful one, makes everything he has available to you. All of his glory, 
All of his grace, all of his freedom, all of his gifts, all of his fruit. And yet many of us are just, I'm good with a little Sunday and then I'm going to roll on. That's no guilt. No guilt. Understand that? No guilt. It's about helping you and I get to a place that we want more. Write this down. There is a difference in living for God and living for God. I think many of us would say, well, I live for God. But do you live for God? In other words, He is not just your resource. He is your source. He's not something you just tap into when you need a miracle or a blessing or a good word. But He is your everything. He's your source. Living for Him. He's not just a lifestyle. He is your life. I think sometimes we can get caught up in the, well, I'm a Christian, so it's a way of life. No, He is our life. He is our everything. He's our sustenance. I cannot do anything without Him. If you and I can grab hold of this, then you and I will step into more than we ever thought possible. Look at me. I want you to hear me say this. And nothing can compare to living life this way. I'm going to say it again. Look at me. Nothing can compare to living life this way. Once you've tapped into that, where you got more of Him, you'll never be satisfied living any other way. Never. And He has more for you. Maybe your religion has said, your upbringing has said, that He's done doing that. No, He's not. There's more for you. More Holy Spirit. More freedom, more fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. How many could use one, two, or nine of those? How about this? The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, the gifts of healings, the gift of faith, the working of miracles. How many could use one, two, or nine of those? Yes. So don't allow... What everybody else says, what your fear says, to stop you from stepping into more. He has more for you. He has more for you. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for Him? I'm I'm as hungry as I've ever been for Him. I want more of His presence, more of His peace. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you today. God has so much more for you, but you just, you just got to want it. Jeremiah says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. To get all that God has, you must seek him with all that you have. Everything. I want to see the hands of those of you today that are desiring a hunger for God. Would you raise your hand? You've kind of gotten satisfied and it's not like it used to be. You want to, you want a hunger for God. Lord, right now, every hand raised. You see their hand, God. You do what you got to do. Some of you are going to need to push a plate away. Some of you are going to need to step away from some things. Stop making some decisions. Put your hand down. 
I don't know what it is for you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you today. Let his word guide you today. Make some commitments that you're going to make room for more of him in your life. How about those of you today that have a hunger for him? You do. You know, man, I'm hungry for him. I want more of him than I've ever had in my life. Come on. It's been lately. It's been gnawing at you. I want him. Come on. In Jesus' name. Lord, you said those that are hungry, you would fill them. Do it in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, a pastoral prophetic uh, prayer today, God. Do it in Jesus' name. Fill them to overflowing with your presence, with your glory, with your grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Put your hand down. Every eye closed. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I've never even started this thing before. He said, taste and see that he's good. Maybe you've you've never even started a relationship with Jesus today. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. You have an opportunity today to join the hundreds of people that have accepted Jesus as their source this year at the hills. Today. Man, what a better day. No better day today than Ordination Sunday. If that's you today, if you want to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you need a fresh start with Him, you need a do-over, you need to recommit your life with no one looking around, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you right where you are. You don't have to come up front. You don't have to give an extra offering. You don't have to sign anything. Just right where you are is a sign of obedience and a sign of faith. Just raise your hand up really high. Come on. I want to make a fresh start. I see you. That's awesome. I want to make a fresh start with Jesus today. Come on, up high. There you go. Hold it up. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Open your eyes. Come on, bring those lights up for me. Let me look at you. Come on, look. let me look at you. Let me see your face. Most of y'all are pretty. Yeah. Come on, raise your right hand. We're going to pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus. Everybody, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word and for your presence. Forgive me for seeking after other things to gratify myself. Today, I lean into you. You are my source. You are my life. You are my everything. Make me hungry for more of you. Fill me with your spirit. Cover me with your blood. And help me to live an overcoming, everlasting, abundant life with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout amen. Come on, say amen today. Let's celebrate with these folks that made fresh starts today. Amen. Praise God.